Round of applause for the present worship team. Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you very much, team. Amen. Amen. Church, we're going to turn to our Bibles, Exodus chapter 5, this morning. Can you say amen in this place? Who's happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Again, about the same five people. Amen. All right. All right. Well, at least, at least some of us are happy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I just want to clarify the type of people I'm speaking to this morning, just to get an understanding as a basis to where we're going to start. Who here believes that God is able to provide for all their needs? Give me a shout of praise if that's you in this place. Come on now. Yes. Who here believes that God is able to protect you from the wiles of the enemy? Give me a shout of praise in this place. Come on, who here believes that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above whatever you can ask or think in this place? Amen. You see, I love coming to the house of the Lord because I can be encouraged in those facts. Can you say amen? And I say facts because they are facts. Who agrees with that in this place? I can be encouraged in the house of the Lord because I can come and lay a hold of his promises. I can be encouraged in the house of the Lord because I can hear the word and I believe those things. I believe those things are true. I'm able to go to my father, my heavenly father, and ask him and he will hear my prayers. Who believes God hears your prayers in this place? Come on now. And I say all that to say this. I love that. I love to believe that. I love to go through it. And I want us to leave encouraged. So bear with me as we go through the word of God. Because we have to understand, although that is true, although those things happen, we need to understand and we need to get to grips with, sometimes things get worse before they get better. Sometimes when you pray, things get worse before you see any outcome. Sometimes you pray and you're saying, God, protect me. Your child gets sick. Sometimes you put on praise and worship in the morning. That song, hey, my God is good, oh. Come on. You're singing that. You have the victory. You go to your car, your car breaks down. Listen, I'm giving you... (laughs) Sometimes you've got to preach the whole gospel. Can't you say amen in this place? Sometimes it's true. You pray. You're saying, God, I believe this. God, I believe that. And sometimes things actually seem like it's getting harder for you. I don't know if I'm speaking to anybody this morning. You're saying, God, I'm going to make a commitment to pray. I'm going to make a commitment to tithe. You give your tithes, your offering, and then you have financial problems. Sometimes we need to understand that things get worse before they get better. So I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, uh, For Better or Worse. Now I want to leave us, listen, this may not seem like it's an encouraging, but listen, how many know any word of God is encouraging? Can you say amen in this place? Uh, we're going to leave this place with victory. We're going to leave this place encouraged. Uh, so bear with me as we go uh, through uh, the word of God. I want to take us all the way back to Exodus. We understand Exodus, you know, we looked at Exodus uh, on Wednesday night talking about uh, uh, the life of Moses. Uh, I want to understand Exodus. We know Moses uh, was ordained by God. He had a burning bush experience uh, to say, uh, I want you to lead my people out of bondage. 
I want you to lead my people out of slavery, out of the country of Egypt. I want you to do that. And Moses, you know, he pushed back for a little bit, but now he said, yes, I'm going to do that. Him and his brother, they said, yes, we're going to go to Pharaoh. And this is where we pick up the story. When we go to Pharaoh, when Moses and Aaron go to Pharaoh, we see in Exodus 5 and verse number 1, we're going to read down to verse number 9 as we discover or as we look at this subject this morning. The Bible says, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in a wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. So they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. Then the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. And Pharaoh said, Look, the people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, You shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And you shall lay on them the quota of bricks which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let more work be laid on the men, that they may labor in it. And let them not regard false words." I want to talk with you this morning, first of all, about the problem. You see, because the common thought is, if we do right, then all things will go well for us. All things will go good. Now, listen, that's not a bad thought. That's what I tell my children in my house. Listen, listen, you come into my house, you do well, and it'll be well with you. Come on, you listen to my voice, you obey obey what I say. Listen, it'll go well with you. So it's not a bad thought, but sometimes we need to understand that we could be doing well. We can be making right choices. We've made right decisions and sometimes things still go bad for us. Listen, Moses and Aaron, they heard from God. They didn't just make this up. This is a burning bush experience. God told them to do this. They went to Pharaoh and said, thus says the Lord, the word of God. Here's what God says. And they came and Pharaoh, instead of releasing that, saying, okay, God's told you to do that. Okay, go, take your people and go. He said, no, I'm going to make your work harder for you. Sometimes when you decide to do right, our thoughts are right. They should go better. But sometimes it is the opposite. Now I want to talk about Pharaoh. We understand Pharaoh is like a picture of the enemy. He's the picture of the devil because he wants to keep God's people in bondage. So that's why we see he's the picture of the devil. And he loaded their burdens, made it harder for them to work when Moses obeyed God. We decide to go hard for God. We decide to do right. And sometimes things happen. And I say that because sometimes when that happens to you or I, it can begin to mess with our mind. Can you say amen in this place? We're going out, we're praying, we're fasting, we're believing with God. And sometimes then you begin to question yourself. You say, God, what's wrong with me? Is it something I've done? You start whipping yourself, start chastising yourself. Maybe it's that time I did this. Maybe it's that time I did this. You start looking at your situation and say, did I miss God? Have I misinterpreted God? And how many know that is the wrong understanding to come to? That is the wrong conclusion to come to because sometimes you go through things and we understand that the devil, one of his names is the adversary. 
And sometimes we go through things and it is his job to oppose you because that is his nature. He is the adversary. He wants to use this as a weapon, opposition as a weapon. So when you make a decision to go forward, he wants to put stumbling blocks in your way so that you trip up and start to question yourself and dare I say, start to question God. And when you start to question God, when you start to put a question mark on God, then things can start to spiral out of control. People come to all sorts of conclusion. If this was to happen or if this didn't happen, then I would have been well. And now they're starting to question the decisions that they made. Maybe I shouldn't come to church anymore. Maybe I shouldn't spend some time reading, reading my Bible anymore, praying anymore, because I've done this and this calamity has come upon me. If the devil can get you to question your presence, he's also going to try to question your future. Because now you think, well, what's the point? Where's the need? Why do I need to continue on in this journey? Because only bad things are happening to me. And he's saying, no, it's not a problem now. It's a problem in your future also. So now you're questioning God and people begin to lose hope in the word of God. People begin to lose hope. But I want to encourage you this morning. Listen, God has not forgotten you. Can you say amen in this place? God is not deaf that he cannot hear. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, some people have become become pessimistic. Now they don't even believe God can deliver. Some people under the sound of my voice are mad at God. Some people, you've gone through some things. You're praying through some things and you haven't seen breakthrough and you turn the frustration towards God. God, you have done this to me. Look at Exodus 5 and verse number 22. Bible says, so Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither you have delivered your people at all. Moses is vexed with God. He's saying, God, you have done this. God, my frustration is with you now. But we know we've read the scripture. Who was the one that increased their burden? It wasn't God. It was Pharaoh. Some people are, sometimes our frustration is pointed at the wrong place. Listen, keep that frustration. It's fine. It's good to have that. But don't point it at God. Take the frustration and point it at the adversary and say, absolutely not. I'm not going to take this no more. Listen, God is trying to rise something up in you. He's trying to rise up a fight within you. If something has come across your way, don't look at God and be shake your fist at God. No, take the frustration and say, enemy, no, I'm not taking this anymore. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, I'm a child of God. You don't have your hand on my, my life anymore in this place. You need to take that frustration and aim it at the correct place. Some people, dare I say, you're shaking your fist at God. Was it Naomi that went? Uh, her husband, they went to the land of Moab. Her, her name means pleasant, means beautiful. Uh, and when she went there, calamity happened. She came back uh, and they said, hey, Naomi's back. She said, don't call me Naomi. My name is Mara. means bitterness. She said, because God has dealt badly with me. Shaking a fist at God. Some people under the sound of my voice, you have that kind of category. Listen, we was there worshipping God, singing praises to God. Dare I say there was people who was here who couldn't raise their hand because there's an issue that they're mad with God about. Couldn't fully surrender in praise and worship this morning because there's something that they're angry with God about. Our pastor, Pastor Greg Mitchell, he's the leader of our fellowship. 
One of his sayings is saying, listen, uh, you have to take an aggression and say things are unacceptable. There's certain things we should not accept in our life. Uh, Listen, God will fight for you, but only if you're willing to take the fight to the enemy. Can you say amen in this place? God will fight your battle, but you have to run towards the enemy with some holy aggression. Can you say amen? Listen, David, when the massive giant, that freak of nature, was shouting all sorts of cuss words to the children of Israel, David didn't turn back. David ran towards the enemy. With five rocks, five little smooth little stones against this big giant. God fought for David. Why? Because David took it to the enemy. Some of us, we need to take the fight to the enemy. Can you say amen in this place? Before we met Christ, some of us were gangsters. Some of us used to just beat people up for no reason. In school, used to be bullies and stuff. We get saved and now we're all like placid. We get saved and we're all just meek. And no, no, sometimes we need to take that aggression and say, I'm not having this no more, devil. I'm not having you bullying me around no more. Do you know who I am? Do you know who my father is? And we stand up with an aggression and say, no, I'm not taking this no more. I understand you are a, a, an opposer and you want to oppose us, but I'm not going to stand for this opposition any longer. I'm going to push forward and take it through. So when things begin to get bad in our lives, we should say, no, I'm not going to to take that. I'm praying, believing God for a breakthrough. If you haven't seen the breakthrough yet, listen, dig deeper and fight harder. And we're going through to see this breakthrough. Can you say amen in this place? We're not going to let setbacks take us out of the game. We're not going to let opposition make us stumble. We're going to go through for better or worse. Can you say amen in this place? You know, for better or worse, we say that as, uh, as as part of our marriage vows. We get married, we say, I'm going to be here for better or worse. And the thing is, many people say that, but the divorce rate is still like over 50%. Did people mean that? For better or worse, as long as it's always better. I'll be with you for better or worse, as long as worse doesn't actually come. Because when worse does actually come, they say, hey, I can't handle this. I want, I've fallen out of love. <laughs> Who's ever heard that nonsense before? I always say that. Nonsense. Because you didn't fall in it, so you can't fall out of it. Can you say amen? Love is a command. It's something you do. Come on now. For better or worse. And sometimes we need to understand this, right? Because the reason the enemy does this is for intimidation purposes. Now, I remember in school, um, one of the things, you know, I was, I was that guy who was kind of neutral, I didn't bully people, but I didn't get bullied. I was just neutral. I was one in the middle. Some of you guys bully people. I know, I can see it in your face. Some of you were just, just bullying people. I was in the middle. I was neutral. I didn't bully, but I didn't get bullied. And the reason I didn't get bullied is because I understood bullies. The whole thing is about intimidation. The whole thing is if I can intimidate you, then I've won. Do you know that's the, the devil's number one tactic? If he can intimidate you, then he's won. You could pray. You could only be praying about finances or something. You give a large offer and you believe in God saying, God, I want to sow into the kingdom of God. I'm going to give this offering. It's bigger than I would largely do. And then you come back home and you get a bill through the door. That's intimidation. Now you're just, oh, wait, was that, the, was that a good idea? You look at your wife, you look at your husband. Was that a good idea? Should we have done that? That's intimidation. You go and you pray and you believe in God uh, for, for breakthrough in your family. One of your childs gets sick. That's intimidation. What's going to happen? You're going to break down. You're going to pull back. Are you going to say, now nah, maybe we shouldn't get involved? 
You go out to do something for God. You go out to go on outreach. You, you answer the call to ministry and something doesn't go right, that something doesn't go correct. What are you going to do? Turn back and run? Or are you going to face it and fight? Sometimes we can think this is unfair. God, why have you allowed this in our life? But we have to come to a realisation, church. We have to understand that sometimes, although God isn't the author of confusion, sometimes God will allow certain things to happen in your life. Listen, that's not one of those rah-rah, amen statements. But listen, you need to understand that. Sometimes God will allow things to happen in your life. You're thinking, why would God do such a thing? Because he wants you to understand that life is a battle and you need to get used to, to the battleground. Can you say amen in this place? You know, one of the group of people that really fascinates me is the SAS, Special Air Service. Um, not anyone can just join the SAS. You can just wake up, oh, I feel like joining the army. I'm going to go SAS. No, 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 no. The SAS is serious. It's a secret service. It's not too secret, but it's, it's there. It's a special service we have in the UK. They have all sorts around the other, other countries as well. Um, and what this is, is like an elite force, an elite fighting force, elite part of the army that they go on special missions. If they're going to take somebody out, you send in the SAS or the SBS, special boat service as well. You go and you send in this group of men. And the training regime is fascinating. Because they say anywhere upwards of 90% of people who apply fail. Why? Because the training is so intense. The training is so hard. Sometimes they'll go on marches with their rucksack and rifles that weigh like maybe 30, 40 kg for like 12 to 50 miles. They'll be marching, living in jungle areas, living on rations, uh, extreme weather conditions, extreme uh, uh, conditions with, with forces around, live ammunition training, all of these people. Some people, it's even claimed their life. They're thinking, why are you making the training so hard? Why are you making the training so intense? What's the point with that? Why are you trying to kill people? Well, they're making the training hard because war is hard. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, war is not a joke. War is not for the faint-hearted. War is not for those jellyfish kind of people. No, no, no. War is serious. So when they're training to fight in a battle, you're training to fight in a war, you need to go through some things that when the war comes, you'll be prepared. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, God understands and we need to understand that the life we're going through, that the journey we're going through is like a war. It's like a fight. So sometimes God allows some things to happen to you to build up some fight within you. Can you say amen? To build up some resilience in you. To build up some stories you can remember. Listen, David had to have a story of him fighting a lion. Had to have a story of him fighting a bear before he can go to the giant. Can you say amen? If that was his first fight, I don't know if he'll be able to handle it. So God will allow you to taste some things, to experience some things, so that you can understand, can get some resilience. Listen, it's not a time to shrink away. If something bad has happened to you, if something has turned for the worst, it's not a time for you to throw in the tower. Listen, there's a quote from Winston Churchill says, listen, if you're going through hell, keep on going. Don't just sit there and relax and say, listen, and cry about it, saying this is it, this is the problem. I'm going through this issue. I'm going through this problem. We need to understand that not all of life is going to go smooth. Not all of life is going to go rosy. But if you continue going on, you continue pushing through, God will see you through. Can you say amen in this place? We need to understand sometimes 
Things can get worse before they get better. But this is temporal. Listen, I'm not doom and gloom here. I'm not saying you have a live a life of pain and heartache. It is temporal. But we have to understand that things do get worse before they get better. I want to look secondly with you, amen, about responding to trouble. Because when things go wrong, what do you do next? When things go wrong, what's your next move? We need to understand how to respond to things that go wrong because the natural response to things that go wrong sometimes isn't very good. The natural response to calamity sometimes is pain. And God gives us an insight to this because he tells us we're going to experience things before we experience it. All you've got to do is look through the Bible. Jesus warned us this would happen. He said, listen, things are going to happen. Persecution is going to come. Listen, we're going to go through trials and tribulations. He's given us a warning. So we need to have the correct response. Listen, when things go wrong, we say, listen, we understand that God told us it's going to happen. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to endure and push through this. The wrong response is discouragement. The wrong response is be to be discouraged and quit. Elijah, Elijah, great man of God, he uh, had a fantastic victory where he showed uh, all the prophets of false religion who is the true God. He put out the gauntlet. Uh, he said, uh, let's sacrifice to your gods. If your God answers by fire, then he's God. But of course, the prophets of Baal had no real God. They had no fire. He called out to the Lord, fire answered. Uh, and it was a fantastic victory. Uh, but then immediately after that, uh, uh, we know that the king's wife uh, threatened his life uh, and his response was to go and run in the hills and hide. He was discouraged. He said to God, just take my life. That was his response. Another wrong response to trouble is anger. Now, how many know anger can take us places we don't want to go? Can you say amen? Anger can drive us to cities we don't want to be in. <laughs> anger can lead us to say things that we should not be saying. Anger can lead us to, to outburst in things that we should not be outbursting. Listen, Moses lost his destiny. He couldn't go into the promised land. Here is the deliverer, the one that brought the children out of the land of Egypt. And he brought them out and he himself could not see the promised land. Why? Because he got angry. Trouble, issues. Anger is the wrong response to trouble. We can do uh, uh, things to stop doing right. When we see trouble saying there's no point in doing right anymore. Listen, these are all the incorrect responses to trouble. All we should do is when trouble comes our way, when trouble comes knocking, we should turn our face and focus on God and not on the problems. Can you say amen in this place? Because we understand that God is larger than our problems. Or we should understand that God is mightier than our problems. We're going to look at the response in Exodus chapter 6 and see the answer to the problems. You see, because God didn't discuss the problems. God didn't discuss the issues. He just presented a few things. We're going to look first in Exodus 6 and verse number 2. The Bible said, And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. The first thing we got to understand is that God reminded him of who he is. He's saying, I am the Lord. I am Jehovah, the covenant keeping God. Regardless of any circumstances, regardless of any person, I am the Lord. We need to remember who our Father is. We need to remember who we serve. We need to understand that we are royalty. So the first thing he did to Moses was remind him of who he is. In other words, remind 
remind him of his credentials. Listen, he is God. There is no above him. He is the greatest, the highest in rank, the highest in authority. Who believes that this morning about God? Can you say amen in this place? He had to remind him. Amen. Exodus 6 and verse number 6, he reminded him of his great power. He says in verse number 6, I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. God is strong enough to overcome our enemies. He's strong enough to change situations. He has enough finances, amen, to provide for our needs. There is no limitation in God and we need to hold on to that fact. And lastly, in Exodus 6 and 4, he reminds us of his promises. He says in verse number 4, I have also established my covenant. Now, I love the word covenant because covenant isn't just, uh, it isn't just, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Or, no, no, okay, yeah, yeah, no. Covenant is a solemn promise. In other words, no one can break this. And God, since there's no one higher than him, he had to make the covenant with his own self. He had to swear by his own name. Listen, he has a covenant. And we understand that was the Old Testament covenant. When Jesus came, he is the new covenant. And that covenant is spread for all of us to be beneficiaries. We have to understand that what God has promised you, he is faithful and just to redeem. Can you say amen in this place? It's good to remember verses. It's good to bring out the word of God and commit them to memory. So when you're going through things, you can speak the word of God over your problems. Can you say amen? It's good to have an arsenal of God's promises at hand that when things do go wrong, when the adversary tries to come and and, and contend, you can speak the word of God and push him through. I want to consider lastly with you about strengthening yourself in the Lord. Because come on now, I believe, like I said in the the beginning of this, I believe God is a miracle working God. I believe God will do what he promised us. I believe God will deliver us. Can you say amen? I believe God will provide for us. I believe God will protect us. I believe God has wonderful, great and mighty things planned for each and every one of us. Can you say amen in this place? But what we have to do is strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And I love it because in 1 Samuel 30, it talks about David. Now David, there was a season where David was running away from Saul and he, he went to go live with the Philistines. Maybe as a bad decision to go live with your enemies. Amen. He went to go and do that. The Bible says he went out with his, his men and he went to go and raid. And as he came back, people came to the city where he was dwelling and they took everything. They took their wives, their children, burnt the city and they left. So when they came back, the people saw that their wives and their families and their possessions had gone and they were vexed they tore their clothes and not only that were they upset they wanted to go and kill David they wanted to stone him verse number six the Bible says in first Samuel 30 verse number six now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of the people became grieved now you need to understand these are mighty men of valor when they talk about listen we should kill David it wasn't just a joke These guys knew how to kill people. They were trained in killing people. So when it says we're going to kill David, that was an actual threat against his life. And so David saw that he was in some real problems. But it says here in verse number six, still it says, uh, uh, but David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. And we need to take a leaf out of David's book. 
when things are going against us, when we've got the real problems coming up in our lives, and I don't want to um, talk bad about or, or minimize your problems. Some of you are going through some real issues. Some of you got some real problems. But we should take a leaf out of David's book and say, listen, it's time to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. It's time to gain that dominion again. It's time to pull ourselves together again. Not look at the situations around us, but strengthen ourselves in the Lord again. It's time to say, listen, we need to rejoice. We need to go and say, no, I'm going to let the joy of the Lord be my strength. And I'm going to walk in his promises. I may not see it right now, but you have to believe you're going to see it one day. Can you say amen in this place? I may not have the victory right now, but Jesus has the victory. So because he has the victory, I can stand strong. Can you say amen in this place? I may not see the financial breakthrough right now, but I know God is Jehovah Jireh. He will provide for each and every one of us. I may be tormented by things around, but Jesus Christ has conquered death. We are more than conquerors because of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen in this place? We need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Listen, I remember in the book of Acts, Paul has a dream, he has a vision. And there's a vision of a man calling him to go to Macedonia, saying, come to Macedonia. As he's preaching the word of God, come to Macedonia. Paul sees that as a word from God, and rightly it was. God was directing him to go and spread the gospel over there and over there. Amen. And he said, listen, I'm going to go and do that. As he goes to obey God, this wasn't his plan. He goes to obey God. He gets to the land. He doesn't see a man, but he sees some people there. He begins to minister. And as he does that, they arrest him and throw him in prison. God told him to go there. He goes, he's arrested, thrown in prison. Look at Acts 16 and 23, verse number 25. And it says, and when they had laid many stripes on them. Now, I love biblical language because that sounds very, it does just sound soft. It sounds very nice. They laid many stripes on them. What, they had ribbons, they put them on them. No, they was beating them. Their back was bleeding, split open with whips and canes, with barbed wire on it, with bits of bone on it. They laid many stripes on them. This is after God told them, I want you to go there. They go, they're beaten and they're put in prison. They said they throw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Verse number 24, having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. How should you respond to that when God told you, I need you to go here, but then some opposition comes your way how should you respond what should you do well carry on look at verse number 25 it says but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them they decided to say yes although my back's a bit sore come on now although it's cold and damp and dirty in here although I don't even know what I'm going to eat next I'm going to decide to praise my God in heaven I'm going to worship him in other words I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord and if you don't know the story as they did that as they strengthened themselves in the Lord listen the prisoner the prisoner came in and they opened the jailer for them the, the, the shackles came off their feet why because they strengthened themselves in the Lord church we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord can you say amen in this place I don't know what problems you're going through what issues you're going through I know you are going through some things though because I know the word of the Lord is true We're going through some problems. 
This is not the time to turn away and say, God, oh, shake my fist at you. God, what have you done? Why have you brought me here? God, don't you hear my prayers? It's not the time for that. Today is the day. This morning is time to strengthen ourselves in the Lord right now. You may be burdened. You need to strengthen yourself in the Lord. You haven't had your answer yet. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Let's sing praise and worship to the Lord our God. Let's continue to do what He's called us to do. And as we continue to do that, we will overcome and we will see the goodness of God. Listen, we understand that Pharaoh did put a heavy burden on them. But we know the end of the story. Can you say amen? God delivered them supernaturally. He said, listen, we're going. And as they went, they even, for good measure, took all the joy and the money from the Egyptian neighbours. Amen. We'll take that. God bless you. And God led them through and opened up the Red Sea and they walked on dry land. Listen, God delivered them in the end. Can you say amen in this place? God will come through. It's not a matter of if. He will come through. And as we hold on to those promises, the devil can throw whatever he wants. The devil can try and trap us. But we understand we have the truth that we serve a miracle working God. Can you say amen in this place? Come on now. We need to serve God for better or for worse. Let's not get confused. And I say that because we're going to see some times that may shock us in this generation. And we need men and women of God who will hold on to the truth and say, regardless of what happens, I will serve you. There's many, many powerful scriptures you can pull out. But for some reason, Joshua comes to mind where he said, as for me and my house, Come on now, that's for me and my house. What? We will serve the Lord. That's a man speaking, saying, listen, regardless of what you do, what you say, you can all turn against me. That's for me, my house. We're going this way. Let's give God praise in this place. Come on now, for better or for worse. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. For better or for worse.